Our leader will now share for 20 to 25 minutes describing what it was like, what happened, and what it is like now. Our leader for tonight is Ilana. Hi, everybody. Um, Pass these pictures around. Let's start with Susie. Um, my name's Alana. I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi, and um, I know most of you, many of you here, um, many of you I have not met before. So I will share my story of what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now. Um, to qualify, I'm sending around two pictures, a photo of me probably at my lowest adult weight when I was trying desperately to maintain it uh, through commercial weight loss program. And that lasted, that body weight lasted maybe about five or six months. And then I got a serious case of what I call the fuckets, and I stopped trying to stay on my diet. I couldn't do it anymore. But that had become the norm. I would hit a number that I was trying to get to, and then I would stop trying to control the food because I couldn't control the food. And then I would start to gain again, and it would come on really fast, and I would try to, to white-knuckle it and be on that diet again, and I couldn't. And that was the story of my life probably from the time I was 10 or 11. I started trying to control my weight by trying to be on a diet until I was 40. And the picture, the heaviest picture of me that I have, I didn't like having my picture taken a lot at my top weight, um, was uh, right before I came into program. And I was about 245 at that top known weight, but I had already been trying to um, trying to control the food again when I got weight at that point, so I'm not even sure if that was the top number. Regardless, that was size 22, 23, pushing 24, clothes, and getting tight. And now I'm wearing a size 10 to 12, a more normal body size for me. I'm five foot two, and I probably weigh somewhere around 150. I would like to be at what they consider my BMI weight, 135, 140, but I'm not going to kill myself trying to get there. I'm following a weight and measured food plan now, and I'll tell you more about that and how I got there. Um, but for me, the biggest gift of this program has been a new way of coping with life without having to eat, and a new way of interacting with people without having to develop a lot of resentment and anger towards them. So, um, so I came into this program almost 10 years ago. It'll be 10 years on May 9th. And I was just turning 40, and 245 pounds. And um, I knew that I couldn't stop eating. That was the main reason I try, was willing to try OA. And I had never been in another 12-step recovery program. I didn't really even know what the 12-step method was until someone very close to me went into outpatient treatment for alcoholism. And I started going to the family support group night and started to hear about addiction and recovery and 12 steps. Still didn't mean any, it didn't make sense to me what God had to do with any of it. Um, but what made sense to me was that I ate the way people drank to change the way they felt. After work, I would grab food on my way home at a grocery store, mostly at a gas station. Um, stop at a gas station, you've heard me, many of you have known this story, but this was how I ate. It was my liquor store, and so a lot of people, you know, drink too much, will stop at the liquor store on their way home and buy a bottle and hide it and finish it and check out, and I would stop on my way home and buy a bag, a family-sized bag of something, usually salty, crunchy, that I could eat hand-to-mouth style in my car on the way home over 15 minutes, consume the whole thing, and then hide the garbage 
in the garage so that my partner wouldn't see it because I was ashamed that I had just eaten this, but I couldn't stop. And then I would go in the house and start cruising the kitchen, have dinner, even though I maybe already had dinner at work, you know, pretend that I didn't already have dinner and look for dinner again. And sometimes after my partner went to bed, I would stay up, you know, cruising the kitchen, looking for what I could eat, um, and often eating all of her food and not wanting to because I didn't want to have to replace it or have her say, hey, what happened to all of the XYZ food? I would try to roll up the bag so it had air in it so it would look more full <laughs> and leave a couple bites left of some crunchy, salty thing. I, I know we don't usually name a lot of foods in this meeting because it may trigger people to have cravings, but that's what I would do. And I knew I couldn't stop because I would be sitting there eating it hand to mouth saying, why can't, why am I doing this? I don't want to be doing this, but I could not stop. And that to me is the definition of compulsion. I was recently talking with my sponsor, answering some questions. What does it mean? Have I felt compelled or compulsion to do something? That's compulsion where I don't want to be doing it, but I can't stop doing it. Um, and I know it's bad for me, not only physically, but also I hated myself, you know, physically and emotionally toxic for me. I hated myself. I could not stop. And I could not stay in a diet to save my life. And I didn't understand why, because everyone else in my family had always done that. Came from a, I come from a family of big eaters, compulsive overeaters, uh, relatives of mine who died of diabetes from obesity. Um, I'm named after my grandmother who died at the age of 48. And I was just turning 40, and I thought, oh, my God, you know, eight years from now, that could be me, you know. Um, so anyway, I learned about addiction, and I made the connection. Somehow the light bulb went off that I was an addict, that I used food, that I was addicted. I was compelled to eat food like an alcoholic was compelled to drink, even though they didn't want to anymore. And if, therefore, if that's true, if I have the disease, like they have a disease of alcoholism, I had a disease where I was addicted to food, that food was a chemical substance that one could be addicted to, um, then I, I could therefore use the 12-step recovery model to help get well because it helped a lot of alcoholics and addicts. So that was the key to willingness to check it out because the 12-step language sounded totally weird to me and 12 steps and God and, um, you know, let go and let God. I, I had fired God when I was 12 and I didn't see what God had to do with losing weight. I didn't understand it. Um, so that seed was planted and I had the willingness to try going to a meeting. And unfortunately for me, I picked a meeting based on location and convenience for my schedule. And it turned out it was a relapse and recovery meeting because I didn't know what relapse meant. I didn't know what recovery meant. I didn't know what I was going for. I was just used to weight loss programs. I thought I'll go check it out. And I went, and everybody was crying and upset and afraid and talking about lots of fear. And I thought, oh, my God, you know, this is not what I want. I don't want this. This is making me anxious. And they didn't have any of the newcomer packets. So I left, and I thought, okay, this program's not for me. But the more I struggled with trying to control the weight on my own, the more I recognized that I was absolutely unable to do it on my own. And no one at this weight loss program could tell me how to stop eating. They just said, follow this food plan and you will lose weight. Okay, well, I couldn't do it. So a year and a half went by and I got a real scare. I, had, uh, I took a really long flight. Shortly after that photograph was taken um, in South America, I flew back. And when I got back, I had, my legs were swollen. 
And I thought, oh my God, I had a you know blood clot or something. I went to my doctor. She sent me for a Doppler to make sure I didn't have a blood clot. And they said, no, no blood clot. It's just lymphedema from sitting too long. And my own body weight was compressing my lymph node, my lymphatic drainage, and my legs swelled. And I thought, and it was, they were really swollen. And I thought, oh my God, you know, I'm 38, 39, and this is already happening. And I, I just kind of, that scared me back into, let's try this again, because I, I was thinking about surgery, um, gastric bypass surgery, and I don't know if anyone here has been through that, but I was seriously considering it because I had a family member who was going to do it at the time I decided to try OA again. And I was like, this or that? And I knew that wasn't the answer. I knew that making my stomach smaller wasn't going to stop that compulsion to eat. That was the problem, right? Not that I knew that normal portions, what they look like. Simply, I couldn't eat a normal portion. Whatever people who have normal eating abilities do to eat normal portions, that was broken in me. I couldn't do it. So that's why I couldn't follow a diet. So I came back here, and I went to my first meeting May 9th, uh, nine years ago, ten, almost 10 years. And I went to, I picked one that said newcomer. <laughs> And this time it made sense to me. I should check that out. They gave me a newcomer packet, but everyone was so welcoming. And they just kept telling me, you know, keep coming back even if this doesn't make sense. Don't try to understand it all. Just listen for your story. Listen where you feel like you have connection with what people are sharing. And when you hear something that you connect with, then ask that person how they did it. Because I didn't understand what it meant to be sponsored, to be a sponsee, to work steps. What does that mean? Working a step. Um, all the books on the table. The books on the table, I'm like, whoa, where do I start? And being a compulsive person, I was like, okay, I want to get this right away because I knew you had what I wanted. I heard people share. They had lost weight, kept it off for years, sometimes 35, 40 years, 100-pound weight loss. And I, I'm like, you didn't go up and down constantly? You have freedom? You, you don't crave those foods anymore? How did you do that? So that's literally what I asked at the break when we had a newcomer opportunity to share. I just said, I, I know I belong here. You all have something that I want, and I would love someone to show me what to do, tell me what book to buy, what do I do next, I'm ready. And so someone came up to me at the end and said, call me tomorrow, we'll talk, tell me what you're going to eat, and, um, and that was it. I didn't realize that I asked someone to be my sponsor, and she said yes. So she and I started working together, and we worked the steps, worked the steps together um, by using the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, which is this book here. And I have no idea. In the beginning, it made no sense to me at all. Now I love this book. It makes complete sense to me. But in the beginning, I thought, why are we reading a book about alcoholism? We have a problem with food. Why don't we read that book that's called Overeaters Anonymous? And, and that was, you know, I was told, just follow directions. Just read two to three pages. Read what I told you. Don't go further. Just read a little and sit with it, read a little and sit with it, and change the word alcoholic to compulsive eater and alcohol to food, and see what you can relate to in the book. And the more I read it and the more I reread it with sponsees um, or at meetings, the more I, I can see more in it, especially as my program progresses, how I related to the stories in the book, to the, I, I studied it so much, I understand how the first 164 or five pages are directions to follow. Like they aren't just saying, we tried this, this is what we did. It's like, if you do this and this like we did, then you will have the outcome that we had. You will be relieved of a compulsion to drink alcohol. You'll be relieved of a sickness of obsession and compulsion. 
and physical recovery and spiritual recovery. You'll have, you'll have a connection to other people and to the world around you, and you won't have to use food or alcohol to check out. You'll be able to connect, be able to feel your feelings, anger, sadness, loneliness, boredom, whatever, without having to use a substance. I don't even know how that started happening to me, where I started that. I just know as a child, I would hide food and I would squirrel it away because my mom was a compulsive eater and we didn't have a lot of sugary, salty junk food snacks around because she couldn't have it because she would eat it all. She was trying to control her weight, so she didn't want that in the house. So I just would go to friends' houses and cruise their house when I'd sleep over. I'd babysit for people and clean out their cupboards and... I didn't know this till years later, but one family across the street from us told me when I was an adult, they used to hide food when they knew I was coming to babysit, because especially certain treats like favorite candy or whatever, so that I wouldn't find it because they were afraid I would find it and eat it all. I was completely mortified to learn this. You know, ha, 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 we joked about it, and I went home, I was completely mortified. I ate one time chewable gummy vitamins, you know, all of their kids' vitamins. I mean, that's crazy. So... That was happening when I was a young person. So there's definitely a chemical component. Like, I ate that, and then I needed it. I needed that. To, I keep needing that if I keep eating it. So anyway, what I never understood was the abstinence model. That's not on a diet. A diet is a great promise that you could eat whatever you want, just in moderation, right? Small quantities, eat a serving, eat this many calories in a day, and you can eat whatever you want. But for addicts, like, I had crossed that line a long time ago. I could not eat things that made me compelled to eat the entire bag, the bottle of gummy vitamins, until they were gone. No matter how embarrassed I knew I would be later that someone would find I had eaten all their chips and, or junk food and I had rolled up the bag to make it look full of air, you know, because I was ashamed. I couldn't stop. And so basically that's the difference for me between a normal person and an addict. So I really got that. And because I completely believe that I am an addict, I completely get that the only solution that's ever worked for alcoholics and addicts is total abstinence. I, I know some people believe in the harm reduction model. You know, I suppose that may work for certain people, but the majority of people, if you keep using a substance, keep putting it in your body, it keeps attacking your, your neurochemical pathways to make you dependent on it. It's a chemical dependency period, physical. So if you stop putting in your body, you, you go through detox, you wean your body off of it, and then you don't crave it. Or you, you may always have cravings, but you don't, you're not compelled to eat like a zombie and just go and get it or drive out to get food at a gas station in the middle of the night or to get a fix from your dealer, whatever your, your addiction is. So the abstinence model was completely new to me, and I thought, oh, my God, you know, when someone asked me, write down what foods, when you eat them, you can't stop eating. I knew what she was asking. <laughs> she was asking me to make a list of the foods that she was going to ask me to stop eating. And I didn't want to put stuff on that list because I was, like, already mourning, you know, like, what? I'll never be able to eat this? What? You know, oh, no, just one day at a time. And so, you know, I thought it was that. That, that was your 15th. You okay, five. Yeah. So five or ten. So, so I thought... If I stop eating these things, I was sure I was going to crave them more, and it was going to make me more obsessed. But she said, just try it. Take those foods on your red list, and just don't put them in your food plan for today. Let's try this for a week. Try this for another week. One more day, one more day, and one more day turned into 30 days, and suddenly 
I wasn't having those food thoughts. I would have food thoughts. I would want more food. But I saw those other foods as poisonous to me. Like I knew if I put that in my mouth, I would not be able to eat just one. I would have to eat the whole thing. And I didn't want that compulsion. I, didn't, I wanted freedom from that obsessive compulsive insanity. And so when the cravings lessened, and I had this euphoria, people call it a pink cloud moment, where you're like, oh my God, I've been like, it's been lifted. That, that really helps, you know, trusting that it's happened for me, it can happen for you. It's happened for other people in these rooms. Do I have no craving to overeat? No, I, I crave food still. But I, I am really relieved of those alcoholic foods. Those foods on my red list, I don't crave. I, I live in a house with a person who eats those foods, and they're in my house. And I, I look at them like basically like they're dog food. I don't eat my dog's food. I don't eat that food. What happened next was um, I got the willingness to follow directions. I, I followed directions. Don't buy all the books. Just read what I tell you. Don't eat the foods on your red list. Just eat these foods. Pick a plan of eating and try to eat according to a plan and don't eat in between. That's abstaining from eating constantly. Even if it's just, you know, I had vegetables in my mind from this weight loss program were unlimited. I could eat as much as I wanted. So I was eating them constantly, you know. That's feeding a compulsion to keep eating. So I was told, well, try to eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That's what normal people do, right? Three meals a day, breakfast, lunch, dinner, maybe a snack, and um, if I plan it. And if I get a compulsion to eat something because I saw it and I want it, and that's how I used to operate, I see it, I want it, I eat it, now I had to pause and say, okay, if I still want this, it's not on my plan for today, I'll put it on my plan for tomorrow, and then I can have it. And usually by that time, the next day, that, that thing was like not right in front of me, so it wasn't like calling me to eat it. So one by one, I started removing foods from my you know, yellow list because I started seeing the red, yellow, green food, the medium foods, that I started eating more of those and more of those. What, what I really wanted was freedom from the cravings. What I didn't understand was that in order to keep that ability to stop eating those foods, I'd have to have spiritual and emotional recovery as well. It wasn't a diet, it was a way of life. And so how was I gonna stay stopped? Um, that's the steps. And so, you know, I just followed directions. I was open and willing to follow directions. And the minute I set my, close my mind to something and say no, I, I know I'm in trouble. Um, if, I don't, if I'm not willing to try something different, then I'm doing what I've always done, and, you know, that wasn't working out so well. So I've been gifted with this desperate willingness when I came in here. I was pretty, I don't think it would have happened in my 20s. I think I would have been searching for other ways to control and eat moderately all the foods I wanted to eat. But I came in here knowing that that wasn't really an option for me anymore. Um, so if you're at that place, then just try to keep open and willing to suggestions from your sponsor or from other people and, and just try it. Uh, so what happened, I, I worked the steps with my sponsor, went through reading the big book, that's how I got through them. I wrote a fourth step in the big book method. And I haven't done a full fourth step since that time. And I'm about to, st I'm starting one now with my new sponsor in a new format. Um, and I'm excited about it because it gave me more relief from my own patterns of behavior than any than 25 years of paid therapy. Um, I learned more about myself in doing my, looking at my part in conflicts and where I felt harmed 
I never thought I had a part. I couldn't see my part. And now I've been programmed to look, okay, there's been a conflict. All right, there's a conflict. What was my part in it, and what can I do differently? Because I can't change the other person. So if someone says something that hurts me, all I can do is my part, which is try to keep my side of the street clean and not retaliate, or then I have to make amends for my part. Even if they hurt, said something first, I don't have to retaliate. That's not so easy, but I'm learning how to do that through this program, especially with family. Um, let's see. Uh, but, so just to let you know where I am today, I, I worked through all of these steps, and I'm constantly trying to grow my, keep my program fresh and new and keep my willingness to keep using all the tools of the program because those tools are what's going to keep me from getting, when I'm funding food that I, I'm going to have cravings for potentially, gives me the power to not reach for those things. So I, for some reason, I've been recently gifted with the willingness this past year to weigh and measure my food. It took me nine years to get here. First, I eliminated food from my plan that I knew caused me cravings and I couldn't stop eating them. And then eventually I eliminated all those foods and I was left with like proteins and vegetables and certain amounts of fruits. And then I just wanted more. I just kept wanting to fill up and feel that fullness. And I was overeating and I was gaining a little or maintaining this plateau. And I, I was still at a place where I was not at an ideal body weight and I was craving more. So I asked someone to be my sponsor who did a weight and measured food plan and started to do that and to report my food to her daily. I did that for about a year. But I still was resentful about having to weigh and measure vegetables because I had that idea that vegetables were unlimited. I took out all the high starch vegetables from my diet, but <coughs> the low starch vegetables, like, what, you mean I have to weigh lettuce? You know, I really didn't want to do that. But the irony is, I now have a sponsor and I have the willingness to weigh and measure my vegetables. And in doing that, I learned how many vegetables I get. I wasn't weighing vegetables and I was under eating. The quantity, when I started to weigh out, what does three cups of salad weigh? You know, <coughs> salad's pretty light. And if you weigh, it turns into a really large salad. And, um, or cooked vegetables, you know, 24 ounces of cooked vegetables at dinner. That's a lot of vegetables. So I'm that satisfies the part of me that wants more, to feel more full, but it also helps me stop craving other things, more protein or fat, things that are problems for me. Vegetables were not a big problem. It was other food in my food plan, fruit, protein, fat. And so when I eat according to the how plan, that's what I'm doing right now. If anyone has questions, I can tell you more about it afterwards. I am committing my food daily um, to a sponsor. I'm following her directions, I'm taking the steps, writing out questions, and it's keeping my program fresh and new, and it's just re-energizing me to stay in this program. I'm not going anywhere. I know this is where I belong. I can't leave. Um, but I get kind of, like they say somewhere in here, if you sit back on your laurels and you quit doing things that you need to do, like reaching out to others, making phone calls, you know, doing service, reading literature, doing writing, self-reflecting, doing 10th step, looking at your um, actions and your own behavior, then you're going to be, when you're not working on your active recovery, you're working on a relapse. Every day you're not working on recovery, you're working towards a relapse. And so I get that, and I'm just one of those people that needs 
I guess I, you know, I need to be entertained. I need to be new and, and different and have new questions to write and new things to read. And um, so that's where I'm at. And I'm happy to share with you what I do for my spiritual and emotional um, if you have questions after we're meeting. So thank you for listening.